Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Buster Show podcast powered by So Rare, brought to you through Rug Radio. This is a brand new series that we're doing through Rug Radio, powered by So Rare. And guest number one, Farouk. Yo, 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 what's up, Buster Show? Wow. This this whole intro makes me really happy. I'm sure we'll talk about our history together uh, during this podcast, but damn, I think it just hit me. This has been a <laughs> this has been a very long time coming. You first came on the show. You were one of the very first guests when we did it in person, uh, downtown Manhattan. We used to film them out of LeBron's old studio pre-COVID. You were probably in the first fifteen or twenty episodes, maybe even earlier. I remember you came in with the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones and just balling out of control. And you were obviously broke. I was like young and like spending money on the dumb things. I get it. Thanks for the reminder. No, you got to <laughs> You got to go through that. You got to go through that. Um, and and you're obviously running good life. So it was on brand uh, for that as well. But since then. Uh, obviously, the world shut down for anybody that uh, has been in a coma for the last three-ish years. Uh, you came back on the podcast at the beginning. We did a four-person podcast, I think, with Elliot and Swish. Wait, wait. Love those guys. And uh, then I think we did one more through Clubhouse, which I want to talk about because... People, and I sent you this tweet the other day on text. I don't know if you saw it, but like people, it's true. People don't give the credit where it's due for how much Clubhouse did for basically culture at large and tons of businesses. And in some cases, entire industries that were spiked through Clubhouse, like NFTs. So do you want to talk about how you found NFTs, how we found NFTs? And I think that'd be a good intro to this story. I mean, yeah, by the way, on the Clubhouse point, you're absolutely right. I mean, Clubhouse makes live social audio a thing. Um, and you can talk about timing and whatnot, but it was like, it started like a shift, a revolution almost, right? Uh, and then with regards to NFTs, it gave NFTs a voice, which is very important with storytelling and art in general. But I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, but you know, uh, you wait, wait, the question was about how we first started this clubhouse thing. Yeah. How we first like, started on clubhouse yeah. and then, and then what happened? Yeah. Sorry. When I go off on the clubhouse and live social audio is my social media brain that opens and then I go on that tangent, <laughs> but on the other tangent, I mean, this was, was crazy. So you and I obviously have our history together as friends and as people have like created content together here and there, we've obviously been homies for a minute. You are my, you are my, I call you my COVID buddy. You know, <laughs> we're like going like on FaceTime two hours a day, every single day uh, during the pandemic. Remember, that was a vibe. I wish Dude, was, I, I mean, I forget most of that stuff. I mean, that was cards, the unpackings, the Pokemons, the live streams on Twitter, on Instagram yeah, live. Yeah, when yeah. I ripping packs, when I opened back to back Charizards, like, remember that? Like, yeah, we were we were doing FaceTimes, ripping packs and just basically talking collectibles for two hours a day at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. I blame you for 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 my accountant uh, being pissed at me putting all these Pokemon's on the business. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, and but that's funny. They're all in the in my. Uh, they're down here, but they're uh, they're in the 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 basement basement. <laughs> they're in the that's box, but, and funny. a lot of them are just still at the card shop. But anyways, um, what's funny is like when we discovered Clubhouse together, right? Like obviously Clubhouse had been around. We both knew what it was, but we were never doing anything on it. And then December twenty eighth, twenty twenty. 
I remember my dates. We oh, were like, yeah. Yeah, why don't we just make our own first clubhouse room and, you know, fuck around and find out. So we did that. And then you mm -hmm. opened the room. I remember it was like Buster and Farouk. I can probably find it like Buster and Farouk uh, predictions for 2021. And That's so funny. We had oh, listeners for four hours and it was just you and I talking about predicting what we think will happen in the world of like social media and collectibles in 2021 because you we were already talking collectibles and I was already you know, very deep in the social media world. And, uh, and then from there on, I got the, the, the bug. And so remember I hosted a clubhouse room for like 12 to 16 hours a day, every day from the point on that we started on clubhouse, you and I. Yeah. At the time there was nothing else to do. And this stuff was just exploding. And there was a point in time too, for it only lasted for like two to three months, but where everybody influential in every walk of life was just spending their entire days on this platform. And it was the easiest, most accessible point. That's amazing. For anybody that's listening to the audio, Farouk's holding up a phone showing everything 2021 with Farouk and Buster in this clubhouse room. That was our first one with two listeners. Uh, two listeners, literally two listeners. And that was the max listeners we got. It was like 10 of them. That's amazing. I remember my girlfriend being pissed because we were supposed to go for an hour. We went for six hours until 4 a.m. And then from there on, I got the clubhouse bug. But that uh, that format is so nostalgic now. Oh, my God. That that format's amazing. But so, smile a lot. So fast forward, we're doing a bunch of these rooms. They're going great. Like eventually thousands of people are joining every single room. It got nuts. It got out of control fast. And then, you know, just wild stuff. Tons of deals are coming. Just like things are going nuts. Then we, uh, I ended up in a room talking about NFTs and you came into the room. Uh, Logan Paul was in the room. Yep. There it is for anybody listening to the audio found the room. Uh, and we just started talking about NFTs and it was just like, what is this at first, you know, ridiculous collectible class that, People say exists, but I'm I can't hold it. All right. And you just feel like it's some sort of scam, which a lot of them, especially early, probably were uh, and are still. And we'll we'll talk more about that. But uh we just get it we just get thrown into the the alligator den of NFTs. And what was your first interpretation of NFTs? It's crazy because that room on February 18th, 2021 at 11.13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love iPhone because it saves all the timestamps. Yeah. Um, and, and so what's crazy is I remember I was hosting a party on Clubhouse for Montrealers. So I was like, I was wasted when I got into your room. I was half a bottle of Hendrix down. Uh, and uh, it was one of those nights because I used to throw parties on Clubhouse for people like here in Montreal on Thursday. We threw a DJ thing. Just, I was doing a bunch of stuff on Clubhouse for people to feel better and all of us, maybe myself to feel better in a way because we had the pandemic bad here. Like we had the curfew at 8 p.m. Right. It was You weren't allowed 8 p.m. outside your home and you get a big fine and you weren't allowed even a friend over because it was $10,000 fine. So there was literally nothing else to do but to be on Clubhouse. It was like a lifesaver in a way. And on that February 18th, I remember seeing you with this on the Buster show, you know, Clubhouse Club. And you had a space called Collectibles and Cards and NFTs to the Moon with question, question. And then I remember because Logan Paul came up, it's not that you were affiliated to Logan Paul. It's like when Logan Paul comes up, it was like all these like uh, listeners like run into the room because it was a celebrity in Clubhouse. So next thing you know, you go from 20 people to 2,000 
literally yeah. that was the day, right yeah. it's a notification right the clubhouse yep. notification yep. was crazy <laughs> and, and next thing Dude, you know I, I go in there and i'm here like obviously you were like the reference for me always with collectibles and you've obviously helped me buy some cards i have some of them still in the back here and you help me with the Pokemon stuff and whatnot. So you're always my go-to guy for like collectibles. You still are. Uh, and then, you know, I end up in this room and I'm like, what the F is an NFT? What does it mean? How does it work? Blah, blah. Next thing you know, all the biggest artists in, now in the world came into your room. It was Ferocious, Victor Mascara, Fuck Render, uh, Greg Mike, uh, Lady Phoenix, Tommy Kimmelman, who's on the manifold, Richard. Like all the people who are pioneers now today were in that room. And those were the people that you and I were asking a ton of questions to. Like, what is an NFT? How does it work? What does it mean? Like, you know, Naveen, Blau. I mean, there's everyone in that room. It was so, even Ben Baller was in there. It's so funny. I still have all the screenshots, uh, Buster, of Dude, who that's was so in crazy. That Literally, the who's who of NFTs was in there. Ferocious, Greg Mike, Blau, like on this one line here. Like, it's actually insane. And I remember that night, I understood right away what an NFT was. And it hit me because I was asking all the stupid questions on your stage. Like, what does it work? What do you mean? Why does it have value? Mm -hmm. And the next day, I dropped everything I was doing. Like your room went until 5 a.m., I think. And the next day I dropped everything I was doing. And two days later, I bought my first NFT. And then I never have been hosting every single day since then, two years ago. On oh, NFT. man, it's so incredible. I'm I'm so happy and that, you know, things have, you know, sort of gone the way that they have and the industry grew so much. It's funny because like, of course, people now are like, NFTs are dead, but you should have seen it in 2020. They were dead in 2020. You know, they hadn't been born yet. Um, now, I mean, they're what thousands of times bigger today than they were at the peak of 2020. And we're talking about two years, like, you know, yeah. zoom, zoom out. It's, it's incredible. Uh, I, I don't want to gloss over, you know, everything in between to rug radio, but, uh, I guess just one question on, you know, sort of the stuff that happened in between. What was the energy like in like Board Ape Yacht Club is like two ETH crypto punks are like five ETH and you're trying to like, I remember you tried to get me to buy every apes. day. Apes pretty low what? and under one ETH. I want to go on the record under one ETH. <laughs> Probably, probably punk's pretty low too. And I'm, you know, the most difficult to convince on any collectible category because I collect, you know, historical documents and things that I think should be in museums. So it takes a lot more time for me to be convinced. But when I am convinced, I go in you know, I go, I try to go in heavy. Go um, but you, you, you know, that all happened early. How much fun was that for you very early on when you were when you didn't have rug radio yet but you were flipping and buying and selling nfts it was the most exciting time ever it was <laughs> like it was i mean 2021 was absolute madness right it was so much fun and like discovering the board at yacht club on may 1st like and then buying my first eight but like 0 0.27 0 0.35 and one eth and like just being early and then just like seeing like i got it right away like i know for a lot of people like you have to go through steps and then you know turn a, like you said you for example mm -hmm. you went the route of like and you did actually it's funny because we found out together but then we went different routes like mm -hmm. i went the balls to the wall 
blind. I'm going in. This is going to change the world. This digital renaissance, this digital evolution is going to change my life. And I'm going to be able to change the life of others. That's where yeah. I went. Right. And you went the route of like the slower onboarding educational route, which everybody should be going through. Right. Usually not everyone can afford to just go like me, like all in, but I'm an all yep. in type of person. Right. I, I love I, it. I, that That's what makes you you. And that's why you're successful. Yeah. I mean, and I just love it. I did that with Instagram and that with Tumblr, I did that before. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay. Um, but how it was like, it was the excitement of feeling that I was genuinely part of something that was going to change the world and something that was first and foremost changing the art world. Because we got in before the whole collectible, like board APL club mania. I remember it was February. So it was like, when you like came in, it was like the artist that taught us what an NFT was like on stage there, that screenshot is not like all these builders, all these artists. Right, Ryan, thank you, X, Victor Fibosius, and stuff like that. And so I felt like I was in the middle. Now, I was always an art lover. So I felt like I was in the middle of this the Renaissance. I feel like when I guess MFers felt during the actual real Renaissance back then, mm -hmm. that's how I felt. And I used yeah. to say it. Like, and I went on an NFT Now podcast early on those times, like 2021. They were like asking me that. And there's a clip of me saying, like, the legends of tomorrow are on this clubhouse room right now on your left, right, up, down pay attention to what's happening here. You never know. And two years later, look at where Fibosius is. Two years later, look at where all these big artists that were on our stage. Yeah, some, or some, of the, are, some of the like, biggest selling artists in history. History. Like, like history. ever. Like compared to oh, Renaissance oh, painter, oh, like ever. Yeah, it's insane. Within two years. So it's, it's crazy. That was the feeling for me. It was like this magical moment of like missing Bitcoin in 2012, regretting it, missing ETH in 2015-16, regretting it, and seeing NFTs in 2021 and realizing that like, I cannot miss this one because this is my calling and like, I need to go in. I love that. So how did Rug Radio come to be then? Um, Dude, it's actually crazy. So the whole like, you know, me hosting Twitter space, no, so eventually over the summer, the shift went from Clubhouse to Twitter Spaces, right? Right. So same thing, different app, right? So hosting live social audio, you know, uh, shows every single day, but I didn't have a framework, right? It was not like you have a framework. It's the Buster Show, it's weekly episode. And now we have a yeah. framework with Web3, which is a morning show, yeah. just a framework, right? But it was mostly just me going on like a Clubhouse vibe, opening a room for 12 hours and I'll be there and hosting some of the biggest conversations that if I could go back to them are probably some of the most, game-changing convos because not because of me by all means because of the people i had on but i would ask all the mm -hmm. questions so i was in the best seat in the in the house i get to ask questions to those legends and educate myself while educating everybody else right and best. so i remember like taking people hand on hand how to make their ens their dot eth on a room with two thousand live people we taught every single person how to register six months later airdrop everybody make 10 grand so it was really cool, you know, stuff like that, right? The airdrop from ENS. Yeah, those ENS airdrops, were, all the airdrops, there was a period of time for those that, you know, haven't SOS, been in the Oaks, NFT and ENS. crypto space. You know, these companies would just give money back to the people that supported them when they launched their tokens and things like that. Governance, uh, not money. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, but it was crazy. So anyways, fast forward like months, right? Because at this stage, like you and I hosted our first room December 28th, 2020. This stage was September 19th, 2021. So almost a full year later, I've hosted over hundreds of rooms. I think I've done the, that my, paid my dues in terms of, I still have to pay them every day now, but like I in terms of like research and understanding this community because I genuinely closed my business and was doing this 16 hours a day for that whole eight months already. So I had put in my hours and I was in a space 10 hours long 
this guy goes, yo, in my Discord, too bad I got to go back to my $11 an hour job. I wish I could stay and listen to this conversation. And I was like, and then it clicked. I was like, what if I can create a talk show, a media company? I was already in media, right? I've been doing media for like almost for 10 years. That's how you and I met. You were doing media with Hoops Nation, me with Good Life and my whole media brand and company. But I was like, how do I, can I build that? I meet a brand and reward participants for participating. So they're not just consumers anymore. They're network participants, right? And then reward creators, people like Buster, myself, and everybody on the stage for creating content, all while the network gains value. And so that's when I was like, who wants to be head of tokenomics? And there was this lady, Mel, who built the tokenomics structure. And then we partnered with Syndicate DAO to put that out. And we tokenized it and formed it as a DAO. So the Rug Radio is actually the Rug DAO, right? Which governs over the entire thing, right? And then now we have fast forward that like we have 67 creators, 40 plus shows, different verticals, different languages. And it's really cool. And my goal was really always to build something bigger than me. Like I was scared. And I know a lot of people find that funny when I tell them because I'm only 28 and 27 at the time. I was scared of plateauing and I was scared that my life would start doing this and that I had mm -hmm. to build something bigger than me that would empower others because this space can't have a Farouk. It needs like hundreds of them. And these people different than me. And we need to empower the right people because we can talk all the shit we want about Web 2. But then let's actually try and build Web 3 in a terms that let's actually empower the right people so that we can help educate, onboard, and do entertain uh, the masses with regards to Web 3 NFTs and this technology, blockchain, which is truly game-changing. Totally, totally. Now, so you start... You launch Rug Radio, you start doing rooms under this new name, you launch an NFT, which are the actual rugs, and they're NFTs that look like rugs, featuring <laughs> lots of the most famous projects in the space. And those rugs yield the tokens, which get you into the DAO, and also, you know, things like the new PFP that you did with Corey Van Lu, who's a, a super popular artist in the space. Uh, what are, what, what, what was your goal with the NFTs when you started that? And now, you know, I guess over a year in now, how, how has that changed and how has it, you know, exceeded some of those expectations? I mean, our, honestly, like we're right on par with like where expectations and where I wish this would be going. Um, I did realize over the last few weeks that, wow, we're like, actually like we're hitting that velocity where like we're going, growing very fast. And I have to be careful with that. Right. Because it's, it's a good mm -hmm. problem. Right. But it's like, right. whoa, like this is really big. And I have, and, and I have to make sure we grow right because or else it can hurt and we grow properly and the right pace. Uh, but it's actually incredible, dude. Like from the point where the conception of rug radio and the name, because we kept getting rugged on spaces because it's not right. like clubhouse, Twitter space is tech to this day. It's still, really trash so we kept the room kept ending so you would yeah. host 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 and it ends or host and your screen turns purple or your phone overheats so people would put ice packs while hosting on their phones um and so we call it rug radio because we kept getting rugged like that i'm persian because persian rugs and rug like the term getting rugged on twitter and then there's another meaning where it's like when you build a home the first thing you put on the floor is the rug and then you put a couch the table the TV and everything, it ties That's room nice. together. But most importantly, it is the base. And Rug Radio aims to be the infrastructure and the base for people in the space to come and build on top of, right? I'm not trying to be your first NFT. I'm trying to be your second one. So you've joined a community. Now what? Well, you want to join Rug Radio to be able to like really like get the most out of Web3 uh, and, and everything else. So dude, it's been just crazy. Like within like the sale, 
of the rugs on January 11th, 2022, when our official, like, I guess, birth date and launch, uh, even before that, we did the free membership passes for everyone. Like, it's just been a trip, like, to be able to grow your some change after and just be where we're at. It's like, it's been, it's been so much fun uh, to be a rug holder and a friend of yours and a supporter of the whole ecosystem and now a partner through, you know, content like this. Uh, because rug radio really is like the new era. I mean, we joked about it being radio before this, but uh, content production studio, like the output of hours of content cannot be paralleled in any other sector. Like the pure quantity of content that, you know, comes through live and podcasts and things like that. I mean, really, it would be impossible for somebody else to do it, especially in a space like this, which is constantly changing. And that's that's part of the fun about it, too. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Like, you know, and I'm serious. Like, what's cool about the space is we like nostalgia in the space a lot. And radio, like, you know, radio takes you back to, like, your childhood, your mom or dad driving you to school and always having the radio tuned in. Like, I don't know about you, but it was the case for me. Mm -hmm. In France, um, like radio, even in Montreal and Quebec, like always, I remember like Sansang said, Heat FM, like yeah. the other, like, and so when you see me now here with the arm and, and the thing and the art, and I'm gonna build the whole studio of this at the broadcaster, everything going on, like I love them. We're live, like live social audio, and that's what Clubhouse created. We we're talking about it when you started, is way more special than, in my opinion, than any form of content because I love the pre recorded that we're doing now and the podcast stuff, but for me, I'm more of like the nature of like. I love the live. I love the raw, yeah. unedited type of content. It allows you to do so much with it. Because think about it. I just wrapped up my morning show this morning again from 1030 to 12. Out of that, it's uploaded to YouTube. So it's also in the form of a podcast. And then out of that, multiple clips are made for every other platform and therefore repurposed. So the content you can get out of that from a media standpoint is really pretty crazy. And now you multiply that with 60 people, 60 creators, 60 uh, 60 times. And it's really like, I think it's really cool to be able to like really build, you know, in that format. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. The amount of stuff that's going out is insane. Um, so we talked a little bit before about how you got into Pokemon cards, how you got into sports cards, then how that led to NFTs. So rare, which is powering this episode and what this whole series is about is sort of the best of both. Because it's like sports cards, but it merges the digital technology with that and allows you, you know, to play fantasy sports in a way that traditional sports cards don't allow you to do. What was your first introduction to SoRare? Because I know you have you have some experience as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at the market every day and what's happening in the space, you also pay attention to what's happening like with like what you're not seeing firsthand. And like, you know, Sora is that company, right? Like it was crazy because during the World Cup, they ran a game that's half a million people, half a million people sign that's up to insane. play a game with them. That's that even blew you out of the water. You were like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, if you compare it to sports cards, like the highest population of a, you know, card and people are like, oh my God, that's so many. How can like, this even exist is like 10,000. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Actually, I didn't know that. So th and, those numbers are just amazing. And the fact that everybody's able to play, people are able to win, you're able to get in and get cards for free. Like it's nuts. What I like is that it's all NFTs too. And most people don't know. So it's digital collectibles, right? Yeah. And they use the words that say NFTs and stuff like that to their marketing outside. And so, you know, like I played FIFA growing up my whole life. I'm French. I love soccer, football. So it's my sport. 
And so they, that's where they went big, right? With the, it's like the unpack, you pack those players, then you can, you know, play them and everything. And, and look, like fantasy sports in USA is big. And the fact that they get to work with franchises like the NBA, like for me, this is good for the space. Cause like companies like that help with like the mass onboarding, you know, the meme, oh, onboarding, but also the education of people into Web3 and shows you that this technology, the blockchain, can be used to do things that we're doing, like rewarding uh, creators and whatnot and empowering them or things like they're doing, which is rewarding the consumer for, you know, like the value of his card goes up, let's say, because he's winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's so many different aspects of it and the collectible side. Like if anything, for you, it must be like crazy. And you're at the intersection of that because you're like, you're very young but you understand the collectibles game and you're one of the big names in there and you understand the value of that, you know, uh, 1952, what's the card that's $5 million, like crazy. Like, oh, the 52 Mantle. Yeah. 52 Mantle. But you understand oh, the Charizard man. first edition, yep. PSA 10. You understand sure. those things, but now you have the blockchain aspect to it. It's insane to me. Like yeah, this is like it's perfect. it's funny too. Like NFTs have become such a trigger word that it's the way they've gone about it is genius. I mean, they have three million registered users, six hundred and fifty thousand monthly actives, fifty thousand monthly active buyers, and it's the biggest card game in crypto. That's what I want to be. <laughs> Leo Messi's also. Leo Messi's an investor, and there's a, a partnership with him. And since the cards are NFTs, even if it's not always advised as such, no collectibles, digital collectibles, <laughs> you own it forever. I love that. You own I it forever, that. and that—that's something cool. Uh, you know that, unfortunately, happens in physical cards sometimes. You know, you uh, house gets flooded. Your mom gives them to the cleaning lady. Nobody no! don't give anybody. Your keys. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't give anybody your so rare cards. Keep your so rare cards for yourself. <laughs> hey, no, you never know. The shit will like. I mean, the the more this technology, you know, gets mass adopted, the more companies like that will do well. Because they've, they, I like working with that team in general. Sure, we're partnering with them, but like, it's it's cool because when you give me all these numbers, it's like inspiring to me as a founder of Rug Radio, because I want to get to that point. Like these active users, these people, these listeners and whatnot that are not necessarily all within Web3's eco chamber, but outside. And it's very hard for a company in the space, which a lot of them are trying to do through IP and everything, to actually break outside of our little crypto space. And they've done it so masterfully. And it's actually wild. Like I, I'm pretty sure they were the biggest seed round raise in the history of Europe. Is that true? Uh, That's yeah, it's crazy. true. Like the biggest in, in Sierra America was Yuga Labs recently with the $4 billion raise, but the biggest in Europe was so rare. And so how I was introduced to them was through Mando, my co-host on the morning show, which one day we were trying to get the biggest founders in this. We try to, you know, interview the biggest people in crypto. Mm -hmm. And he invited Nicolas Julia, who's French, just like me, uh, in, who's a founder. And so we interviewed him and I remember being like, whoa. Like I just, cause I had heard of it. Obviously even Gary, right? Gary V and his brother. Like yeah, I remember all, they were posting about it early too. Sure they, they, were, pretty, they were pretty sure they participated in the rounds. Like all sense. these people, they were early, like aping into that. I know Kalish, all these people, right? Like the same crew, they were early on that shit. And so when I interviewed Nicola, I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Plus maybe the fact that it's French, they're based in Paris. I thought that was even more fun. Like I thought that's so super cool. So yeah, those are the type of companies. It's cool that you're talking about this like that and, showing numbers because like it's 
wild. And people don't realize like it's all NFTs. <laughs> yeah. If you guys aren't on there, definitely get on. We'll include all the info. If you're watching this below in the description, or if you're listening to the audio, just go to my Instagram and you'll find it there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, uh, it's pretty nuts. I'm, I'm playing, I'm just getting into it now, testing out the fantasy. I've got my commons. I'm playing, uh, mostly NBA right now. Cause it's the heat of the season. If you're listening to this, uh, when it's put out, if you're listening to this in 2035, who knows what uh, what sport is going on? There's probably going to be like Knicks a pickle. Fire, huh? There's, there's going to be a, a pickleball World Series. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, are we buying a pickleball team or what? Like, what's the Dude, deal? Then? Apparently, everybody and their mom is buying a pickleball team. I'm not. I'm not buying it yet. Soar <laughs> <laughs> pickleball NFT collectibles where you can like play your players out there. I love that 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 whole pickleball trend picking up right now. I'm a big yeah. racket. Yeah. I love that. How stuff. do you feel about is pickleball is like the uh, in between to ping pong and tennis, right? Kind of like I played squash my whole life uh, growing yeah. up. So I was like, since I'm a kid, I was like five time Quebec champion, top 20 in Canada, sponsored athlete. I would go to the US Open at Harvard every year. Like I would take it very seriously. And then I could stop when I got into law school. But um, I love racket sports. But the reason why squash never picked up, for example, at the Olympics, you know, their sports is too complicated to watch because little ball, it's very fast. It's actually one of the toughest sports in the world. It's one of the most cardiovascular sports in the world, but it's too tough to watch. Now you have these like pickleball courses like tennis, but it's like mix of tennis and like, like same ping pong squash mix. It's a big ball. It's more fun. It's faster. It's easy. Yeah. It makes noise. It's glamorous. It's like everybody's playing pickleball. So I'm just happy to see that something stemmed out of that, <laughs> you it's know, because squash could have been. But it was too yeah. too tough for people. No, it's it's been cool to watch it grow. Uh, I'm excited to see if it if it can make the next leap too. Um, so back back to you know the Web three sort of side of things. I think something a lot of people are wondering, especially right now, is you know like what it seems like you know some a couple things worked out, a lot of things failed in mm -hmm. crypto in NFTs. Uh, and now a lot of people are pivoting to AI. Uh, do Web3 and AI have anything in common? And if so, uh, what? I think um, AI in general, my stance on it is that it's an amazing crutch to help you like with things that you don't necessarily need to be, like low-hanging fruit stuff. Like We're trying to implement AI within a lot of our operations and things we're doing. It's funny, this week I sent a note to my team with an article of like hundred tools that are came out of because chat GPT went open source. Mm -hmm. So now people are using their own building their own tools. I think AI could be really good for that stuff to help with little things and note taking the this like there's so much stuff AI does that we don't need to be doing. Yeah. Right. Especially as an entrepreneur, you're always trying to optimize your work and focus your time and compartmentalize it in things and place that it should be, right? Um so AI is great for that. Uh, and 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 it's important in, in Web3, I think, right? Like it's part of the, again, like Web3 to me, just the digital evolution of Web2, right? I think a lot of people are too nitpicky about words and whatnot. That's why Web3 or NFTs get a bad name, whatever. It's like, we're not trying to kill Web2. It's just Web2 is naturally evolving towards blockchain technology, which is Web3 through, you know, tokenized communities, token-gated content or, or not. It's all part of Web3. It's connecting your wallet instead of connecting your email. That's mm. Web3. We don't need to overcomplicate it. And AI just makes it all easier to use, right? So it's like not competing or whatever. It's just side by side. It's perfect. Like, like it's funny. Like 
a lot of the things, for example, my girlfriend talks to me about it with AI. She's like, oh my God, did you see this AI thing? Whatever. For example, like, my girlfriend is AI. <laughs> yeah, well, my girlfriend, she is AI. Uh, <laughs> I am I dating know. a chatbot. <laughs> exactly. Um, you laugh at this, but you know, some weird MFers oh, are going to be doing that. I know. Um, it's already a thing. People, you saw there was a chatbot that told a guy to divorce his wife to be with the chatbot. It was it was like an error by I think it was Bing's AI. Oh chatbot. yeah, yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff with Bing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff was crazy, bro. Dude, it went off the road. It was Yo, saying crazy, that's the crazy stuff. Crazy part. That's a sick part. Don't get no ideas. You first you have to worry about the guy she told you not to worry about, and now you have to worry about the AI. Dude. <laughs> but but you know, Am I, are are we cheating on our significant others with AI? My AI is a guy. So <laughs> my AI. My AI is uh, an alien. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but you know, it's just like the things she tells me, like my girlfriend will tell me, oh, did you see this with AI? And I'll be like, yeah, I did. What's funny is like things I've seen months ago, like Dolly, because sure. artists, started, artists started exploring with AI within Web3 because crypto artists are at the forefront of this evolution. So they're clearly at the forefront of using different technologies in order to create. That's what we do in the space. So it's fun because when you're in crypto and whatever you call NFTs or Web3 or blockchain tech, you're honestly ahead of the curve with a lot of these things. How long ago were we talking about ChatGPT on the show, bro? Like, it was December, November, December. We're talking about it. We're all over it. And now you're seeing the trends kind of start hitting the masses. So what I like about being in the space is that you're always working side by side of the most, like, you know, um, up-to-date technologies. For sure. Yeah, and uh, things are growing, you know, and evolving f as fast as possible. It's like the, uh, it's it's like the compounding curve of basically every technology in human history. It just goes faster and faster and faster and faster. And one of a few interesting things will happen, but we're gonna get all the technology and probably solve all the problems in the world while doing it too. I am, I believe that'll happen in the next couple hundred years. I agree with you too. I mean, I think all like it's crazy, dude. Like just the advancement advancements of AI already in a couple months is insane. So now imagine by the end of this year. I mean, I'm already starting to. I'm already trying to see how it can help me be better at my work. So I think sure. everybody should like, at least get curious. I know it could be scary. My stance two months ago was I'm scared of it. I, I would say it publicly, but I'm scared of it. I don't know where it's going. Two months later, it's like wow, how can I use that to help me? be better so even my team i told them try to see how all this enhances your work in certain places where there's note taking whether it's like articles like maybe you can help it like shorten your stuff your threads organizing your thoughts um organizing meetings what would you have a basic ea now for stuff like that when you have an ai doing it therefore yeah. your ea can actually do some higher level work that can help you more like do you know really like there's a lot of opportunity yeah your ea is now the most well-informed person in human history literally bro like the best literally. the best generalist ever yeah it's, <laughs> it's uh, i respect you know that a lot um yeah i think a lot of the fears are overblown i did a video about this the other day where it was basically like all the ai technologies you've been using for years such as you know when you sign into your phone spell check google maps these are all a these are all you know machine learning based on information that you give it and information that everybody else gives it, and then it improves itself. This stuff has been around for years in lots of different forms. And you don't, you're not afraid that the 
tech that unlocks your phone is going to take your job and kill your family. Like that's just not how it works. It makes your life easier and it makes it better. And it allows you to focus on, you know, stuff that you actually care about. But they were afraid of it at first. They were afraid of the internet. They were afraid of the email. They were afraid of this. Mathematicians were afraid of the calculator. They thought it would ruin us. They thought it would ruin us. They were like, this is the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Humanity. Really? Dude, I need to search for that. I'm going to use that example a lot. Mathematician was scared of the calculator. That's so good. Well, it was just like, why would why would you even learn how to do math if you have a calculator? That was the that was the thought. That was the thought process. We just did math better though, thanks to it. Well, yeah. And I, I don't know what like the actual this is a more interesting debate on like whether kids should be able to use chat GPT to write all their school papers instead of actually doing it. I'm on the fence. Uh, I, I feel as though it should, kids should be allowed to outline stuff, but then they have to go in and make it really nice. That's my personal thought. I do think that uh, keeping kids from this technology is a net negative though, because yeah. it's just, you're going to have it in the real world. It's like not allowing you to well, use when it. When they're grown up, it's just like us. If we say, why do we do all this math stuff when we're never using it for just by our sure. phone? So it's similar. Don't, don't gatekeep technology from future. Yeah. Or, or like us with social media. I remember my high school, like blocked it on everything and probably for good reason for most kids, but like I was building a business, you know, it allowed me not to go to college. You know, the, there, there's technology out there that can really benefit people young. And I think that's, I mean, time has shown that that's only been easier. You and I wouldn't be able to uh, have built media companies if it weren't for social as young as we both did, you know? Facts. Uh, so there, there's a lot to thank for that. And this is no different, in my opinion. It's scary only because of the way that it's being portrayed in media because they oh, get clicks when they scare you. That's all it is. They're just, they're, it's, it's fear-mongering for engagement because they can, and there have been a million They're horror movies about it. it. They're probably using it. They're probably using it themselves. It's just all fear. It's like crypto's scary. This is bad. All things bad. I'm excited to operate in the industry that's scary and bad per the media. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that that's how a lot of people have categorized NFTs too. Meanwhile, like I've watched you, I've watched Yuga Labs, I've watched, you know, a few other companies in the space just operate. Well, there hasn't been any problems. Like it's been smooth and steady, better than you know a lot of tech companies in the last you know year. When I explained to you our like payment mechanism behind the scenes for like our employees and teams, remember when I told you? Yeah, like, I was like, "What the hell does this? Why don't other people do this?" Like, and you were like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Yeah." Like for me, it's like basic. And then for you, were like, "But a a company doesn't usually have that." But like even things like that, like. Every first of the month, let's say, or second of the month or second week of the month, whatever you as a founder listening have as like a method of payment for your employees, this thing goes out on chain every time, like, and you don't miss. And it's just like, is there, and you have to trace like all these little things, like what's so bad about the blockchain? You know, there are corporations out there that do net 90 and net 180. Trust me. I know it's so crazy. And what? Yeah. I mean, I've had like you in media, right? When Web2 Media, like Instagram, oh yeah, yeah. we'll do the deal for like 
not with Instagram, but on Instagram for our pages. Like, yo, we'll do this deal. Yeah, but it's net 45. Net stays get paid. I'm like, hell no, nah, bro. Like, what the hell? Like, and it's like, oh, but then you have to do an invoice. And it's like, everything's on chain here. Everything's transparent. Everything's fast, seamless. I don't have to walk to the bank in Canada to, because here, and for me here, Montreal, anything above 2,500, I always had to go to the freaking bank physically to send money. But what the hell are you talking about, bro? I've, I can send as much money as I want to Buster right now in a click on this show and it'll be done by the by the time I'm done my breath. <laughs> you know? Yeah, one, one thing I will say though, and maybe this will benefit some people out there, hopefully save some people, but the voice and deep fake thing, people should be very... Uh, aware of especially when it involves money like i've heard of stories already where people will deep fake a kid's voice and call their family and ask them to send money but it sounds like the kid because they have recreated his voice um so just for everybody out there know that that exists and advise your loved ones accordingly uh, and you know, anybody on the bank side, I'm going to make like a, a full video about this, like a dedicated thing about it as well. Um, but if everybody's aware of it, it's not a problem. Banks will adjust. It's just, uh, you know, there's like a, probably a six month period now where. And your period for banks to adjust. Yeah. You just, <laughs> yeah, maybe Definitely but... start educating people. Uh, you just remind me of that. Cause this shit is crazy, bro. The deep fake stuff. That could, that, that can be scary. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fun. Like, let me tell, let me put, put a lighter twist to it. The memes that come out of deep fakes are going to be off the chart. Like the greatest, we're about to enter, like you said, it was the Renaissance era for NFT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to enter the, the Renaissance of memes. The memetics, like your favorite shit poster is in trouble right now because the favorite, yeah, like the best memers are about to be AIs and we're about to die. And that is so funny. And the AI will have made all Bro, the memes. We're, we're all going to die from laughing too hard. That's what's going to happen. That's my prediction for 2024. <laughs> the memes are going to be so funny. We're just going to explode. <laughs> it, it's so funny. I can't wait. You know, I'm a big fan of memes and memetics and all that. So I, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, man. Uh, so how how can people find uh, and watch more rug radio shows? I mean, it's all like we're pretty good with the information outflow. So it's like all on rug.fm, R-U-G.fm. And then at rug radio on Twitter is where our main communications are. But also our YouTube is on there. Uh, but if you go to the website, rug.fm, it's like a hub. I mean, on purpose that everything leads to the website. It's easier for people to find their thing. And then from there, I would go to the Discord. If you're serious about wanting to join the community, like definitely Discord, we have a very good operational structure on Discord uh, with a great community. That's We have more than 15,000 people. We have 40,000 people on Discord. but we Holy have over, cow. Yeah, but we have 15,000 holders of Rogue Radio assets. Um, and so there's always someone that's here to help our moderators, myself at times. And yeah, then I'm around, I'm around now too. I'm, I'm, yeah, you are. I'm supporting. Dude, I'm so hyped about this. And for me, it's like usual, Farouk, F-A-R-O-K-H, all platforms never changed. I feel like it was the same thing four years, five years ago on our first podcast. It's the same thing today. You know, it's all, it's on the Farouk umbrella, but that's where it is. But yeah, dude, it's um all the info's there. And then it's definitely Twitter in this space a lot, but I think people are going to see a lot more of us on YouTube um, for sure. Amazing. Well, I, I love you, man. I appreciate uh, 
us doing this part of rug radio you know powered by so rare and uh it's gonna be a really fun series going on week one weekly sports show powered by so rare every friday at noon i believe is the release time it's gonna be fun and uh i'll be coming on your morning show more too hell yeah i can't wait for that i'm excited we're finally doing this thing together because like buster yeah. and i we've been talking a lot obviously we've been like best friends forever and like, and now it's like, I was always trying to find ways we can finally work together. And this is fun. Like, and it's also like not even work. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's like I mean, this is just, this is just us hanging out, but you know, yeah. it's an excuse and cool friends. because adults need excuses to hang out, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually super cool. So anyways, thank you for having me as usual. It's an honor to be on the Buster show. Like let's one of my favorite shows. So let's get it. Thank you. Love you, bro. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace.